Hello, everybody. This is Keegs from Here's a Podcast Series. Happy now. Welcome to episode 67. We have a jam-packed episode for you today. We are hitting In My Brain of the Week. We're hitting a few news stories. We've got a voicemail guy leaving us a couple notes from a few episodes ago. And then we're hopping into our top rage quit games of all times. If you haven't been rage quitting recently, what have you been doing? This is prime rage quit weather. starting to get hot outside, people. Get your shit together. Without further ado, let's get a little bit weird. I see the red light blinking. It's time to get into it. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Here's a Podcast Series. Happy Now, your favorite podcast about everything and nothing. This is Nick. This is Keegs. Welcome to episode 67. We're past. We're past the Devil's episode, Nick. Two more episodes to go. Oh, my God. And then we'll end it forever. And then it's over. We have to have a blowout banger for episode 69. We do. We'll have to find some middle ground that doesn't involve, you know, 69ing. Unfortunately, I guess but not not in a position to 69 these days, you know, just physically, emotionally or geographically. I'd say two of the three. Fair. OK, well, that's a fun game for our listeners. Guess which, <laughs> yeah. which two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How was How your you week, doing? Nick? It was good. I mean, hanging in as usual. I have no nothing to update you on that hasn't already been set. I'm home. I'm playing video games. I'm eating pizza. What about you? You know, much of the same. Much of the same. Much of the same. Lots of video games. Lots of pizza. We had pizza night last night. Big night for the Dude, for the also Duffy had pizza Smith night household. Last night. No fucking way. Do you guys do every Saturday? No, we don't. But it's it, it's increasingly becoming a once a week thing. I yeah. also live above a pizza place that is not very you good, do. but you smell it, which right. is hard because when I have to do indoor you know workouts now, all you do is get crushed by the smell of pizza coming through the window, and. Being working out and sweaty and not having fun and smelling pizza is not a good fun. That's combo. a that's a Planet Fitness special. Yeah. You know? Oh, I you forgot. The, you got the lobby. The, the lobby smells. Pizza. I still. I think I'm still paying my Planet Fitness fee, uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Ten dollars a month. Well. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows when I'll show up? There's we no better a... deal in the world. I don't think. No, there's really not. There's yeah. really not. We've got a big episode packed for you guys today. We are hopping into in my brain. We're hopping into some news stories and we're hitting our rage quit games of all time and it's gonna it's gonna be pretty exciting you excited nick i'm very excited look video games is a passion point for us so i'm always looking forward to us talking about it i think that's where we have subject matter expertise the most i think we are yeah the world has the world has changed in our favor can you tell me what the in my brain of the week is i'd love to i had this thought this week or last week i've been watching this new show lost kingdom sorry last kingdom i always say lost kingdom last kingdom great show netflix I'll do like a deeper dive into the show later because I think it's it's probably on my list of like great uh, quarantine things I've gotten back into. But there are there's casting in the show of a mod of a mother of a mater of a mater and a dater mater that, dater that they just they look related and I just had this thought of like the increased immersion I have in the show because of it, like you know, and I they also are both great actors. And there's that. But the fact that they look the same, where I'm like, that actually looks like, you know, Ruby Hartley actually looks like Perry Baumeister's daughter, is insane. Like, it's insane. And it it just, like, made me start thinking about other shows that have done it to that extent. I can't think of a show in my experience that does it as well as this one, because, like, I literally am blown away. It's like, sure, sometimes, like, kids have the same hair color, but this, it's like their eyes look the same, they're, they're... cheeks look it's just crazy and it kind of blew my mind yeah well i was we didn't talk about this but i was actually also just thinking like 
how hard that job must be considering how subjective that is to people. Like, you know, sometimes, like, I feel like I do it all the time where, like, me and my girlfriend are watching somebody and I'm like, man, she looks just like Scarlett Johansson. Right. And Lena's like, she doesn't look anything like Scarlett Johansson. And we get, right. we have fights about that all the time where I'm like, that person, you know, that person looks just like this person. Reminds me of this person. No, doesn't look anything like it. Like, there's something so subjective about that than to be, like, a casting agent to be like, no, these two, this will, this will play. They look just like each other. And a director to be right. like, no, they fucking don't. And that's yeah. why I think I, I've been watching My Brilliant Friends on HBO. Great show. Real slow burner if you're into just, like, you know, poor, violent Italian towns post-World War II, um, which who isn't? For those who have read the books or watched the show, the two, like, villain characters are these rich brothers who work for the mob, the Solara brothers, and they were cast perfectly. They don't look that much alike, which is the most amazing thing, but they pass as brothers, Marcello and Mar- Michele, like... You see them, you're like, oh, man, those guys are 100% brothers in real life. And they're not. Elvis, what, what were their names? Pietro Volo and Elvis Esposito. In- incredible names. names. Incredible names, names, Elvis Esposito. Yeah. But it just, it, it like, the amount that it just plays is incredible. As like, oh, yeah, yeah. that guy's the older brother, that guy's the younger brother. He's the handsome one, he's the less handsome one. Right. Like, right, it's like, it's crazy. It's something where, like, I don't know. If you don't, if you miss the mark, you never notice it. But if yeah. you nail it, it's like that much more, it's just that much crazier where you're like, holy fucking shit. Like that could be their kid. They could be related. You Can know? I ask it you ma- quickly? Made me, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say like, I'm thinking like a couple key TV shows for us, like, and whether you think they play as a family in terms of looking like each other, like mm-hmm. one being like leftovers, like. No, you were going to say that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They look, they I right. they could pass. Yeah, Even though like, like. Beautiful people. Yeah. But the kids look nothing. I guess they have different dads in the show. So it's, it's in the story so yeah you don't need to look too much alike yeah but you look i mean you look at like justin thoreau and i'm totally blanking on who plays his wife in the show oh um, yeah she's she's so but good. yeah she's great in the most recent she's in the most recent season of goliath by the way no another way. great amazon show yeah um but and like their daughter is beautiful catfished yeah. our friend which was awesome that was hilarious and other than the fact that she's super attractive and has the same hair color as justin thoreau yeah they're not anything when you actually think about it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. And then I've got two more, really quick. I just I'm ready, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Taylors, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> Not at all, you know? I mean, maybe. Julie kind of looks Julie. like Connie Schultz. She looks yeah, like the mom. Yeah. She could. Yeah, for sure. But not coach as much. And no. then and then Baby, what's the baby's name? There? And that's who you want to look like. You want to look like Coach. Coach Taylor. Connie Britton. Connie Schultz. Connie Britton. Connie Britton is the actor. This one isn't as much of a show we talk about a lot, but I feel like they tried really hard to make the kids look like the parents. Ozark. Mm. Like the daughter, they really went for it. I feel like they were like, she's got a look. Daughter really went for it. Like uh, a mix of these two, of Jason Bateman and Laura Linney. The the brother, not for me. Brother, like, I feel like the brother looks kind of like Laura Linney-ish. I don't know. That's the thing is like when you don't I like this is my feeling on it. If it's not nailed, it's like meh, yeah. sure. Like yeah. did I like, question I that they were her kid? Like did they have freckles and red hair <laughs> when like Jason Bateman's like got brown No, like I wasn't like whoa. Right. But the fact that I literally googled like are these people related in real life? That's when it's like you nailed it. You yeah. fucking nailed it and you didn't do it at the expense of a performance or anything like that. 
and it's I was looking on Reddit, and it seems like it's pretty cool that it's alluded to in the book that this show is based on, that the daughter looked so much like her spoiler alert, spoiler alert, late mother, that it hurt you know the main character to look at her, and I'm oh, like, oh shit, they fucking nailed it. They fucking nailed it. That sounds heavy. Which is kind of a funny thing to think about if you're the casting agent where it's like, all right, the daughter really needs to look like the mom this time. (laughs) I know sometimes we only want the daughter to kind of look like the mom, but this time she needs to look like it's her daughter. No, like, aren't we supposed to do this? She needs to. (laughs) (laughs) Were we not doing that before? We photoed him (laughs) most times. Um, Um, That's a good in my brain. Yeah, I just, it kind of, it was in my brain. It took my brain for a ride. That's hashtag relatable content. Hashtag relatable. We're hopping into some news stories of the week. If you want to learn more about these, blogged all of them on heresablog.com. It's a companion blog, the daddy blog to this podcast. Please go check it out. Uh, daddy gang, if you're looking for new following, you can hop on heresablog.com. Daddy blog. Daddy blog. Uh, first story, we've got a town in Virginia that uh, two young men uh, robbed a convenience store dressed in watermelon masks. So they carved out the inside of a watermelon and then they robbed a store, and one of them was caught. One of them's still on the loose. Um, and so I, because of that kind of flip-flop, because my first instinct on this, and I wrote about this in the blog, was like, I'm not one to, to talk down to anyone on their choice of mask. But the point of a mask is to hide distinguishing features. You, like, am I wrong in that you have to have a pretty small head to fit it in a watermelon? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I'm trying to think. I might be able to fit my... I have a small head, so I might be able to fit my head in a watermelon. But yeah, like, no, I think you're right. If you're, Especially if you're not just wearing it as a hat. I'm looking at the picture for the first time. They're, they're full their entire on, like, face is in there. Full head. And it's yeah. also... You're not like put, sticking it in there and then like taking a photo and then going to sleep. It's like you're you're robbing a store. Like you need... Even, even the picture kind of looks like they're like, like <laughs> yeah. teetering around like they can't see. Yeah, they're top heavy. Yeah, you gotta have a small head for that. And maybe you, maybe there's not as, maybe there's because watermelons have such a thick peel. You, there's a little more, like there's, you could maybe cater the fit of a watermelon, like to a your pumpkin head. sort of, when you can like sort of when you're yeah, you carving can, like, it inside, you can pull it it's out a lot a little. of effort. Like when you look at the opposite of like you could just wear a ski mask, but that's what I don't get. That's my question. It's like there's no way a watermelon costs that little. You're like this is more cost effect you gotta be in dire straits to rob and be like all we can afford is this watermelon well i think i think what happened was i think it was like a barbecue maybe a couple beers went down and uh, then it's like get these watermelons and it's like bro you know it'd be fucking crazy it's like let's put these watermelons in our head and fucking rob a store <laughs> rob a store that's that's like more than a few beers to be like this is the fucking best idea yeah this is the best idea you know what we could do instead of eating this watermelon or instead of fucking this watermelon dude let's go to jail they won't be able to see the back of our heads because the watermelon goes all the way around it's just also crazy that like one of them still hasn't been caught yet that's unbelievable so i guess it worked right i mean because my first thought was like police are just looking for guys who could fit a watermelon like easiest crime to solve of all time but then you've got one guy who Maybe one guy did a better job, like had a big head, spent more time carving out the inside of the watermelon. Other guy kind of did a lazy job, small head. I don't know. But one guy's out there on the loose. Yeah, I mean, I just got to agree with Candace Wentz here, a Sheets customer, who says, the amount of work you have to do to actually hollow out a watermelon to stick it on your head, I think is kind of crazy. Why? Why would they do that? It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Wise words. I guess if it works, it works. Yeah, if it works, it works. And talking about things that, if it works, it works, but it might not work. 
we're going to touch on our next subject, which is got a store reopening in Washington, D.C. or the state. Who knows? Who cares? We don't know. I want to go state because it's a little quirkier there. You yeah. Know? We've got a hotel owner, proprietor. They're reopening their restaurant. It's kind of a kooky restaurant. They're reopening it with under kind of the new standards of how many people can be in a restaurant at a time. I think it's 50% capacity. Yeah. They're reopening it where half of the occupants will be mannequins. So there'll be mannequins that have been kind of dressed up, put at booths, etc. Um, and my first thought is this just kind of, this popped into my head because it falls in line with a number of new things I've seen in the news, you know, of how we're changing our, our society and our habits around quarantine and around the virus and, you know, the things we're learning every day or not learning every day. And it just falls in line with one of the things where it's like, do like why why do we need to do this you know and my first thought of that was the four new the like cnn hypothesizing what the new forms of greeting people would be instead of handshakes and one was like a mahalo and one was like a salute which way like, ahead of you bro was was like uncomfortably close to like a sea kyle and then there was my favorite which was like the two claps two claps two claps to greet someone what's up nick <laughs> And it's just like, this is the stupidest fucking shit of all time. Like, we could just wave. Like, I don't know why you feel like we have to reinvent the wheel. And this is the same way. Maybe I'm only speaking for myself, but I don't think that I mind that much of restaurants seem emptier. Yeah. Well, you know I see I mean? that. I totally like, see that as, like, a, as a reason. I don't go to a restaurant and see that it's empty and be like, we're not fucking eating here. Well, certainly know? not right now. I think back right. in the day, I would have been like, man, there's no one in here but mannequins. Like, I'm not going in that restaurant. Well, no, but... Or at all. Mannequins. Like, yeah, like, there's no one in here well, at all. Like, I'm not going to eat here. But like in the went, times if you of went quarantine, to Aida, yeah. If you went to Aida and you're like, well, no one's eating in Aida right now, would that stop you from eating in Aida? No, it certainly wouldn't. No, you'd just be like, oh, cool. Wow, we're going to get better service. We're going to get seated faster. We're going to get our food faster. Like, we can talk louder. We're going to have more room. Like, yeah. all good things at a restaurant. I don't. I just don't understand this sense of, like... It's going to seem too empty for people. Like, just spread the f- tables out farther. I just don't, I just, I can't relate to this. I'm going to go, I'm um, going to say that I can relate to it. I think it's <laughs> hilarious. And if your restaurant's like, hasn't been doing well, you know, you can't have as many people in. You got to have, you got to have something that's going to be a draw. Something that's going to make people say, you know what? I'm going to check out that freaky deaky restaurant now. So many I'm businesses gonna be... are going to fail because of you. Oh, 100%. <laughs> But, you know, he needs cash fast. And if people can get a quick selfie with the mannequins, because it's the weirdest shit. It's like straight out of Twin Peaks, the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go, buy, I'd, I'd go sit there to be like, look at me with these, look at this yeah. freak place. It's very unsettling. Because one, it like has very huge vibes of like a 1950s mannequin town that they blew oh, yeah. up with a nuclear bomb. 100%. Like, this is the water. You this can is change, the well. We'll just put it, you can change the vibe of your restaurant. Real quick, with a couple of mannequins, a couple, couple well-placed mannequins. J. Cruz, you know, J. Cruz going out of business. You go in there, yeah. you grab the mannequins, low price. Yeah, out, yeah. and the clothes. Take the clothes. Outlet sale. You and know, you, and you, you flip it store. for a quick return to your restaurant. Right, and so right, we have pictures of the apocalypse like that are just, and it just, I don't know, it just would the restaurant not seem much emptier? No, I the think volume seem, doesn't I think change. It would seem much emptier. I think you're totally <laughs> like, right there with with the mannequins. It would like, feel you'd notice. Would you rather sit? Would you rather sit in a in a silent, empty room or a room full of people that is silent? Like it's it's gonna seem weird. And even if you like have some leftover ish vibes of like 
we're so centered on this trauma of like more than 50% of people can't be in restaurants at a time. Yes. We must we're so centered them. on that that we just we just dig the hole deeper. Even if you kind of side with it and try to look at it from their point of view of like, well, all right, maybe some people will like it. Maybe they're doing it for a good cause, et cetera. And you kind of read this article more in depth and you read what this guy says about mannequins. And this is what he says. He goes, quote, I've always had a thing for mannequins. They never <laughs> complain about anything and you can have lots of fun dressing them up. <laughs> in like... those few words, <laughs> speaks so much. It speaks volumes. Just that first sentence, I've always had a thing for mannequins. Right. It's like, oh, right. well, you phrased that all wrong, dude. <laughs> it's, it's, right. That was my thing. Is like, has there been a worse opening line in history? No. <laughs> like, Did you think that also? Immediately? Just like, the, the, immediately. That, I was like, <laughs> well, it's just like, well, now you made it weird. Now you you've really made did. it weird. Like, now you've changed the, now it's not about society. It's, it's a you thing. Like, this is, this is like, Oh, this is my chance. I've always had a thing for mannequins, and now I can fill my little shop with it, and I can dress them up. I just had these lying around. To carry on, he then says, we're all craving to gather and see other people right now. They don't all necessarily need to be real people. To which I'd say, yeah, they do. They do. They do have to be real people. That's part of it. That's part of the first part part of of what you said. We all need to, (laughs) we have a craving to see people, but they don't all need to be people. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah I don't want this people, guy making my food. People people aren't standing in front of, like, target windows. They're, like, faces pressed up against the glass being like, I'm just hanging out with my friends, you know? I'm yeah. with my people. This guy doesn't – this guy's a loose grasp on Look, society and reality. These I'm, are the type of people that, that thrive in quarantine, and that's not the type of people I want. You're Like you said, preparing my food, yeah. you know, taking my jacket, lacing my pockets with cyanide. Like, I don't want any of it. I'm no FBI agent, but I would I would put a solid bet. That this pre-murder. guy has some, per, yeah, pre-murder or perhaps some, uh, what society would not deem normal sexual proclivities, you know? Sure. I'd check his basement. Yeah, I would 100%. check his basement. I'd so, get a warrant. This is, like, uh, those two quotes enough are alone for a warrant. Like, yeah. show me a judge. That, uh, that changed my thought on I'd go there because it's weird and funny. Yeah, it's, it's really weird and funny until suddenly, you know, you're the mannequin. Right, you know, he's got he you likes the- you because you don't complain and you're fun to dress up. Yeah, well, and you're, you know, your hair's real. Not for long. Not when he's done with you. <laughs> uh, and going on that, on that, we've got neighbors that are threatening to shoot each other's dogs. And just while we're touching on this kind of time, it, we're not at that stage of the apocalypse. This is kind of a PSA from here's a podcast here. Happy now. This is our official stance. Hold on, I'm getting the update. Oh, he's got it's the in ear. Yeah in here yeah our producers yeah sorry we we are not at threat level orange midnight we're not shooting dogs yet yeah From just don't kill each other's pets not yet certain time will come yeah all right well, yes sure there's a time in the apocalypse for shooting each other's dogs it's just it's not, not now it's not now yeah in the words of you know for all you left fans they're still our dogs they're still our dogs what would have to happen for you to go buy a gun <laughs> i mean honestly it depends if i'm in norwich vermont Probably yeah. not very much. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. It depends on the state, but probably like looting. Yeah, probably I think once too. people start, I'm not a, I'm not a huge gun guy, but I think if people start looting, it's would be like, well, maybe I should have a gun. If all the looting people have guns, it's like, well, I should probably have a gun. Right. You know, yeah, it's, it's kind of a club at that point. You kind of join like the apocalypse. We're taking this too seriously, and now everyone's taking it the appropriate amount of seriously, right? That's yeah. That's an official pod statement. Yeah. 
It's not a, a cocaine gun. party. It's not a if cocaine you... party until someone brings cocaine to the party. Then it's a cocaine party. That's fair. All right, look, yeah. that's... I tried to get you off guard with that, and you were right right there with an answer, and I'll leave it at that. That's all I try to do on this show. Let's move on. I appreciate We appreciate the, the large amount of engagement we've been getting from our listeners in the past few weeks. It's been awesome. It's been, you know, we've been trying to, to get to that point with you guys forever, and you were fucking you're stubborn. You're stubborn little babies, but now you're with us, and we love you for it. Um, and we got a great voicemail. Bringing back voicemail, guys. It's been a while since we heard from Agent Red. We've got a new voicemail guy. I'm ready to hear it. Hey, Keeks, what up, man? It's CDEF21, a.k.a. Gamertag Jody Husky with four E's down here in Austin, Texas. Hope you're doing well, bud. Your segment on last podcast regarding cohabitation and video game tips and tricks, um, specifically in regards to FIFA Ultimate Team, really struck the old relatable chord with me. Um, really got me thinking about why I hate FIFA and Ultimate Team so much. So taking it back a few years, you know, FIFA Ultimate Team really had a huge part in killing off what I believe to have been a very robust game mode, the competitive co-op club mode where you play with people all over the world and form clubs and play against other clubs and so on and so forth. Um, and do this, you know, solely just to make money for EA and, and FIFA by creating their own bullshit economy where they, you know, they give out the crap cards and when you actually do find something you can either use or or sell or trade, guess what? They're untradeable. So, you know, as you probably know, the only way to get tradable rewards in the game are you know, to do that weekend league where all you have to do is play 26 to 28 games over two and a half days, getting the crap kicked out of you by kids that, you know, got their mom's credit card and bought up all the primo players, uh, which basically puts you on tilt, keeps their economy going because the only way to improve quickly is to pony up some of your own cash to be able to compete with some of these jack wagons. And then add this to all the other crap you got to deal with, with pre-game quits that waste your attribute cards, connection issues causing lag at best, and straight kicking you off the server, and contributing to your losses in ways that you, you don't even deserve. Just going through the motions, getting losses, you're kicked off the, the server every other day. And not to mention how damn lazy they got with their promotion this year, just giving arbitrary point additions and deductions for game results. And all these grievances, coupled with my inability to get my roommate invested, eventually left me no choice but to remove the entire setup from our common area. Anyway, I already can't wait for 21. Hey, take care, boys. Look, first of all, great voicemail. Great voicemail. That's a man at the edge. He does not like FIFA. FIFA wrong quit. Yeah, and that's kind of what's wrong with our society today. You know, his complaints about FIFA. In order to get the most out of our society, you got to put the most money in. You know, how do you get that money? You know, you got to play the weekend league. You got to play twenty six games in twenty six hours. That's not fair. You're either working untenable hours or you come from massive inherited wealth. It's not fair. Yeah, it's unbelievable. How are you supposed to? How are you supposed to start a business making less than fifteen bucks an hour? How are you supposed to make a life? I totally. You know what though? I'm playing. I'm playing MLB the Show right now, and I completely hear him on the fucking untradeable, untellable thing. What mm, am I supposed to do with yeah. all the shit you give me if I can't do anything with it? Why do I have to keep it? It doesn't help me at all. I get that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that frustrates right. me. That's, I, so, and what I didn't listen to, what, or what I, what I didn't experience, I think we've, with our caller and myself and my experience with FIFA, we've had very different experiences because I never had a chance to play the co-op game mode that he had 
mentioned that Ultimate Team replaced. So my only experience with FIFA was an Ultimate Team. And I personally think that Ultimate Team is like, FIFA's Ultimate Team is my favorite Ultimate Team of all the different Ultimate Teams across different EA games. But there is, you do get to a point where it's like, you grind, you grind, you grind, you grind, you grind. And you're just dealing with everything. Like all the things he mentioned, like you got people quitting, you've got your cold streaks, you know, you've got the games that just don't go your way. And you like work up enough cash to get the best possible players that don't cost like a hundred million, you know, FIFA coins, whatever it is. Right. You know, like you can the, 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 the jump. Well, yeah, you can get your Lukaku, but like if you want to get your your Ronaldo, you can't. You know, like right. It's like it goes from like seventy five thousand FIFA coins to like a hundred million. I mean, it's insane. It's like there's no in between, and that's kind of when we would always retire is when I was like, well, now we're going to have to shell out real cash for this or we're going to have to grind so hard. We'll never do it. You know, and you go, you get relegated and never played those weekend leagues, but it just puts, it puts FIFA in a nutshell and it just shows like games can be so fucking frustrating. Yeah. They can be so fucking, fr- and they try to fuck you. And the, the, it'd be one thing if you could sell, like you said, you could sell all the cards that FIFA gives you, but you can't, you can't sell them. You're just something that have to live in your club. Like, my club is, like, 180 players because there's just a bunch of, like, level 52s that I can't do shit with. And what am I supposed to do with those guys? You know, what am I supposed to do with, like, the center defensive midfielder from, you know, like, a the C side of an MLS team? I don't know. feels but like it, it's stacked it, against you. feels like, it feels it really like does. it's either extraordinarily arbitrary or it's stacked against you. I think that is a through line through games that frustrate right. me. And you know how bad this guy has it is the fact that, like... The fact that maybe the worst part of all is that he couldn't get his roommate invested, which is a huge, it's a huge hindrance. It was thrown in as an afterthought. Look at all these other factors he had to worry about. So I want to take that rage. I want to take his edge, and I want to take that into our next segment, which is us talking about our top rage quit games of all time. Rage quit, for anyone who's familiar with video games, is the equivalent of taking your ball and going home. It is close proximity. It is you're full of rage, shame pride heartbreak you're often in close proximity to people who are laughing at you mm-hmm. or it's telling terrible. you to calm down when you don't yeah, want to calm down a lot down. of that a lot of like phones are coming out yeah um and it's like a very funny transfer of like you're mad at something that is not real like video games are, are a great outlet but yeah. when you're mad at the outlet and then that anger has to come out of the outlet back into the real world. And it's like, how do I deal how do I deal with this? Like it's so difficult to deal with when it comes back out. You know? It's I like when you're pooping and then the, the toilet starts to overflow and you're like, This doesn't belong on the floor. <laughs> yeah, we all believe me, that happens to all of us. We poop so much that it overflows onto the floor. <laughs> no, but <laughs> But I hear you. That you made it's it thirty-five like minutes. That. that a poop joke. Yeah, it's just like that. And there's something so frustrating about like how something so um, not real, something so artificial, can make mm-hmm. you so truly upset and angry. Like something that yeah. you play, it has been created just for you to enjoy and have fun. And in some time. cases, yeah. In some cases, I'm gonna have an so, exception to that in a minute. Sometimes, yeah. There's ones that are challenging for the sake of challenging, but. Generally, there's supposed to be a return, and when you can't yes. get that return, like you, we've like, we've had together, we've had separately, we've witnessed. We used to, you know, in our college house, we had to turn 
we had to ban FIFA post a certain hour of the night because it would just, A, suck up so much time, and then B, like, throw a negative aura over the entire house because someone was pissed off that they lost in overtime, you know? And it's like, dude, yeah. you're, you're going you're gonna to let this game fuck you over for the rest of the week? You're going to be pissed all night? We're having a party. Yeah. And, and don't... And- it's happening to me right now. to affect us. Yeah. yeah <laughs> what like are you raging? You're just oh, I'm mad. raging. I'm, ra- I'm raging all I'm the raging. time. I'm raging. I yeah, do so like small into these... moments of like ugh, slapping myself in the face when I screw oh, something yeah. up. You know, like... <laughs> I like that one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of, I'm a big throw my phone. I'm a big, at our in our old apartment, I would stand up and I would, th- we had that big leather couch. I would fucking throw my phone as hard as I could into the leather couch and it would bounce that. back at me. <laughs> bounce yeah. back. I'd try to catch it. Um, and yesterday I did that with, I had a chair next to my computer and I threw my phone and the chair had moved. So I just spiked my phone on the ground. I'm a big punch my phone now. I'm a big, I leave my phone in here. I punch it. <laughs> <laughs> Your poor phone is getting a lot of the, yeah, it's getting, I'm really trying to just shatter it, I guess. Um, which is maybe, you know, privilege in a nutshell. Oh, hundred um, percent. Do you want to go? Well, I think, do you want to explain what we're going through into the segment or? Yeah. So we're each, we're each going to, we've each compiled a list of games. Um, that for, and I did it in a certain way. I'm sure Nick did it in a certain way, um, that kind of mean the most to us when we think of rage quitting. Um, the way I did it is it kind of, each game kind of falls in a different category. Uh, we'll kind of get into the nuances of that as we go in. Um, my first one is credit to our caller, FIFA ultimate team. Um, Nick just alluded to it. Like this game, when it was going well, it, I think so much this would be because it was, like uh, it was a, it was a work of art building this team that involved more than one person, you know. And FIFA is a unique sports game in that it involves like you control every you're controlling everyone on the field. You play a game of Madden, right? You're you're controlling usually on offense at most two people in a play. Yeah. Um, FIFA, like you're you're working on you're trying to work with your AI teammates that you're telling to run for a through ball. And then also in real life, you know, I'm working with my roommate to try to make this team the best that it could be. And so when things were not going well, like there just was a dark cloud over the house. And there are a few games like FIFA where it just rides the momentum to such an an insane degree where when you're feeling it, it's like a three, you're down three zero, like you know you're coming back just as easily when you're up three zero and you're not feeling it. There's no question you're going to lose the game. And it can go so quickly from, like, you're hitting every pass, you're running the Spanish tiki-taka offense to perfection, scoring insane goals, to suddenly, like, you can't not pass to the opposing team. They're in every one of your passing lanes. Every time they touch you, they steal the ball. You trip. You whiff. You never make it over, like, half field. I mean, it's just insane how quickly it turns. And it just it's the worst fucking game of all time. It becomes the worst fucking game of all time. And there's just... Because it's a game where, like... It's soccer, so goals are hard to get. It just there's so much riding on it. Um, it also inherently one of my favorite things about FIFA is it has an AI component that you can blame, which is your goalie. You, you can control your goalie to a certain degree on terms of when they rush out. But there is just some you could have an 88 overall goalie, and like there are just some games where they just can't stop shit. <laughs> and I just it's the easiest thing in the world to blame of like that guy just lost us the fucking game. You know, I remember like going through and, and judging AI, like lines of code, basically. <laughs> like they were real people with my roommate, decide who was our best goalie. 
And uh, for each of these, we're, we're doing a, a, a rage, a rage quit phrase. And for FIFA, you know, the thing you say is always like, oh, I meant to hit pass. You know, I meant to hit the pass button. I didn't, he didn't pass. I meant to hit shoot. He didn't shoot it. As you dribble straight into the goalie. Honorable mention for this goes out to Rocket League. Oh, yeah, Rocket League. Rocket League, I think, is up there. I thought about Rocket League, but to me, so much is so easy to blame on a real person. When mm. you're playing with someone else, you're like, well, you know what? Like, he kind of just, like, fucked the shit to bed there. Does like, that not make you mad? No, it so does that make makes me mad. mad but it that makes, makes me but mad. It's, but it's much more reasonable, right? Mm. Like, yeah. Like, much like much like FIFA, my number one rage quit is, and, is NBA 2K. Just because there are moments where it feels so rigged. Yep. It feels so stacked against you in the way where you have... Sorry if I jumped the gun on this, by the way. No, no, you're there. Rocket League, something goes wrong. Human errors is easy to blame. It can make me mad, but, like, Mm -hmm. then the next sequence, it's my fault, and, like, you kind of got to be fine with that. And also, like, there's always something a little good about being like, well, we lost, but I didn't shut the bed. (laughs) In 2K, it's like... Yeah, you can be running and gunning. You can be things where, like, you are just, like, an offensive wizard. Throwing alley-oops, like, stealing every other possession. You're stealing yeah, the ball. The game blocking. slows down. Game slows down, and you're in flow state, and things are going great. And Seen then ones and zeros. Yeah, there are moments where, like, you're playing against the team, whether it's online or even against the fucking computer, and you're just like, this is unrealistic. I think also because it's matched back to real people that you are fans of, where you're like, fucking Ben Simmons can't like he's a great perimeter defender but like he couldn't stick with Steph Curry all the way through the lane and yet in the fourth quarter where I'm up 10 points all of a sudden he's like Michael Jordan fucking in his prime right Steph Curry's like like dribbling off his foot yeah you're like it doesn't feel all that realistic and surely like it's because you're pushing it too hard or you you are making some sort of fuck up yeah the aggressive trigger Right, you're pulling the, you're holding aggressive, like, what felt easy before the computer made an adjustment or the guy you're playing made an adjustment, and all of a sudden you're fucked up. Um, but the most frustrating thing is when that momentum shifts and you get an open three with a player who hits open threes and you brick it and you fucking scream, you know? You fucking scream. He hits that every time. You know? Yeah. And... There's something, it's like even playing basketball, I guess. Like, there's something so personal about it. You're so close to each other. It's so physical. And there's finesse to it that it just, and the momentum can switch so, so quickly that, like, there is nothing more infuriating. I play against the computer, and, like, it will ruin nights for me. Where are just like, I was yeah. up 15 points. I went from one alley-oop that I missed because I got cocky, and then I lost the game by four. You know? Yeah. We will remember a moment in our apartment where there was massive shit-talking going on in 2K. To someone who did not speak the entire game came back and won and then i think we saw probably the most aggressive video games explosion i've ever seen in my entire life i forgot about this oh dude never forget we can't we cannot <laughs> speak the words that were said on this podcast but <laughs> he our friend the... withstood shit talk for an entire game only to come back and win and then I, i'm not sure i've ever seen someone scream at someone Explode. the way he, he screamed at it's why we're not a gun household yeah, hundred percent. He would have shot him in the knee. <laughs> yeah, he would have shot him yeah. in the knee. So that's that's my that's my the one that makes me angry. Yeah, it's so funny because this is so close to home because we did have such an, a crazy phase of like two K eighteen. Yeah, where we were just like we'd each drafted. We alluded to this in episode sixty sad where we all drafted NBA teams and mine was the best. 
but um, so if you want to go back to listen to that, you can. It was the best. Like I can't argue with it. You drafted best, and it was <laughs> fucking infuriating because it felt we like got, it should have been the best. <laughs> we got. We were three roommates. Each had drafted a team, which is a super fun activity to do if, yeah. right now. If you're in quarantine and you've got like more than you can do with any number of roommates, but it's you basically go in to 2K, you you make new rosters, and the average um, overall average of your team can't be above 85. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I believe that's how we did it. Yeah. So you can structure it in different ways of sure. Like, do you want two amazing players who are 95s, but then everyone else kind of has to be in the 70s? Or do you want to take an approach of, I'm going to get some players that are good at this, you know? And I think we all went different ways. I kind of went the money ball strategy, and it paid off in the long run. But there was a, a time, not to suck my own dick too much, there was a time where we were so into NBA 2K. It was horrible. And not only were we playing each other, we were also, my favorite part of this is we were also simultaneously all doing my players at the same time on the same <laughs> system. We were all doing our careers, all of our players were basically the same person and <laughs> we would have to take turns you'd have to take turns to go through and play and i think my biggest rage quit moment of all time because i didn't have that many because i always won was when i was in the finals game seven against lebron's cavaliers who i hate and i was on the bulls so we were in eastern conference finals and i brought my team back we were down 13 and i brought us back to up one oh, yeah. and with four minutes left in the game and my computer coach subbed me out and put me back in with 15 seconds left, and we were down seven. You took the game out of my hands, coach. Like, I was the MJ of that team. I'm not MJ, but I was the MJ of that team. And you took me out for fucking four minutes at the end of the fourth quarter of game seven, and you let the game just go through our fingers. Like, I'll die on the court, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, NBA 2K, it's a great one. It's just, it's so, it makes you so mad. It makes you so mad. Um... Next up for me is I'm, I'm, I'm going to change my order because I want to do one that's similar to that. So I'm going to do Madden for my next one. Madden okay. is great because it it was such a part of like Madden is such a key part of the stereotypical American child's life. Yeah. You know, like you're playing you like you look back to your childhood and you're in the basement and you're playing Madden with your brothers or your friends or whatever. And I found Madden pretty late, but I think back to college and like my freshman roommate and I, I think we came to blows once. It was a very similar situation of just like we would the shit talk was personal and we're sitting right next to each other in this tiny dorm room and like it would just it would get real so fast. And it's just one of those games where everyone I think thinks they're good at Madden to a certain degree. Mm. But Madden's a great game because they're just, there's always someone better. People there's are really always good. someone better. And like the best players of Madden are the people who you play them online and they've got the play that scores every time against a zone defense. And then they've got the play they can audible to that scores every time against a man defense. And then there's just everybody else. Like those people are over here and everybody else is over here. And it is just, it's, it's the most rage-inducing game of all time because it is cheap and the people who are good at it know what you, it's like, it's almost as if you were on a football field trying to tackle like real NFL players who like, oh, they can, they know, already know what I'm thinking. And so they can just, they've already got their moves set up ahead of time. That's what it's like playing Madden against someone who like doesn't play it to play football but plays it to win a video game because yeah. that's what it is it's the most rage inducing one of the most rage inducing games of, of all time partially because it's so personal 
Madden's a great one for saying you hit the wrong button. Great one for saying you hit the... Oh, I didn't mean to hit stick there. You know? I pressed... Try, yeah. It's a rage quit phrase. I was trying to throw to X. I threw to Y. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I do that all the time. You brought up a childhood thing, and that's the one I want to bring up, too. Like, I didn't order mine. I ordered mine in, in ways of, like, how much they frustrate me, but this one is such a childhood staple. And as many on the pod know, or many know me personally, I did not have video games as a child. So video games are all relatively new to me, which also... I'm not very good at video games. I think part of it was that I didn't have them as a kid. Part of it was I got thrown into this one particular game over and over again where people are extraordinarily good. People also fucking love it. They can play it forever. Hours and hours and hours. It's probably the number one sleepover video game from our childhood. Moved into freshman year. I'm wondering if you can guess what I'm talking about. Seems like there's not a lot of skill involved because it's fucking stupid. But there's a ton of skill involved. And I think this is on my list too. Do you want to say it at the same time? Yeah. Three, two, one. Super Smash. Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Fuck Super Smash Brothers. The game just sucks. Like, I'm going to be the first to say it. Like, I don't have any, like, real insight into, like, like the nuances of how it plays. Like, I pick Kirby because Kirby fucking can fly and doesn't, because I get knocked off so much time. Like, I don't know the combos. People have so much strategy and skill to it. I don't know any of the items. And we would play for hours and hours and hours. And when you define Rage Quit as I'm taking my ball and going home, like, that's the number one game where I was like, I'm just going to go do something else. Like, this is so not even close to fun <laughs> yeah. for me. Like, yeah. you guys are so good at this. I don't even have, like, a fucking chance unless I get the hammer and you guys aren't noticing. And I can't even improve. Like, there, there's no improvement if you're not already good for some reason. So, to this it's day, the... I still suck at Super Smash Brothers. People still love playing it. And just fuck that game. And, and I have no, I have no word for it because like all I could do was joke. I'd be like, oh, I'm goofing around. Like I'm gonna eat you as Yoshi, just because like I had no, I didn't have a sh- shot in hell. And so my rage quit is that Super Smash Brothers fucking sucks. In the immortal words of my freshman roommate Josh, to get better at Super Smash Brothers, to know that you're ready to play against people, you turn out the lights, you go into a game, no items against three level nines. And you don't turn the lights back on until you win. I never had that experience. <laughs> Super Smash Bros. is also on my list. And so I'll go to that one next. <laughs> I was going to go to it next anyway. I'm coming at it from a similar angle as you, except for the fact that I was really good at Super Smash Brothers, And I did play a player who I knew all of their moves and I knew all of their combos and I knew their strengths. And that was the thing is everyone had a favorite player. And everyone knew exactly what to what they needed to do to beat. Like they knew the meta for that player, and like who was your the player? Way, who was your character? Mine was Luigi. You know, and in the original <laughs> Super Smash Bros, like I would just use fi- like I was a fire punch expert. Like I had the timing of the fire punch down to like a millisecond, and it and then they nerfed it in later games. But in that first one, like I w- it was just like couldn't be touched. And it was so fucking cheap, and it is just the perfect example of how impossible it is to remain objective in video games because when you're not playing well and you're getting beat no player in the game is cheaper than the person who's beating you and no player is worse or less adept at handling adversity than the player that you've selected and it would make you so fucking mad when you weren't playing well and the it is also deserves a special place on this list along with honorable mention soul caliber 2 similar game of like you're just once you get past the point of pressing buttons and you're learning combos, it becomes a whole other game. But the 
one of the best rage quit phrases of all time, which is just very passive aggressively congratulating, congratulating the other, the opponent for playing as well as they did while they were button mashing. It's the best thing to say to someone. You're oh, dude, you're just button mashing. You're just button mashing. Do you just press random buttons? There's no art, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's a very good, like, video game trope. I sort of forgot about being like, oh, you're button, button mashing. Yeah. Spray and pray is another good one. Yep. Yep. All right, that's good. Both Super Smash Bros. What you got next? For very different reasons. Um, my next one probably shows my noobness in video games, but it's Grand Theft Auto. And not because Grand Theft Auto is a particularly hard game, because like, even I can beat Grand Theft Auto, but because I think what frustrates me the most in video games is when you get so fucking close to finishing something, like a mission or a quest or whatever, and then something stupid pulls it out from under you, and... I'm not a good Red Dead Redemption. I'm not a good horseback rider. Grand Theft Auto, I'm not a good driver. And Big parts of the game. You're about to park the car and finish the mission, and you <laughs> tap the cop car. Just just barely. You just clip it, yeah. get a star, it's all fucking over. And that, those missions are so long. You have ones that are like half an hour of you running around having to do all this stuff. You're in the casino, and you have to you know get to the roof and do all these things. And then on your ride home... You tap the car. You accidentally run someone over. In Red Dead, you're riding your horse and you cut someone off and they shoot at you and then you shoot back realizing, fuck, I should have just ran away. Uh, that's what pisses me off. And I think, for me, the rage line is I barely touched him. I barely touched him. Um, yeah. That pisses me off. That's a good one. That's a good one. And that's what that's I was like, fuck, I'll one. do this later. I'm, I'm out. I spent too much time doing yeah, this. Yeah, right. I put all this time. I spent all this time into like doing this crazy. Because it is. The, the Rockstar missions are like classically super... Like fucking long, and especially the intro Rockstar missions, where it's like, no, we want you to feel like you're in this world before you become a violent maniac. Drive mom to church and I don't want to do the this store over and over again. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, I don't want to follow the rules. I'm not. I didn't buy this game to, to follow the rules. I yeah. follow the rules every day, every day, mom. I follow the rules of your house, of your home. <laughs> What's your next anyway, one? This one is classic because it's the game of our adolescence, which is Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. I, GoldenEye kind of falls in the same bracket of like the first-person shooter, um, but it's just too old. And like when we were playing GoldenEye, we didn't have the, the hormones that enabled us to rage quit in the same way. Mm. Call of Duty 4 is great because it was still far enough back. Like It spawned this idea in this the line 1v1 me bro like the 1v1 in call of duty was like the duel of middle school kids who couldn't get their aggressiveness out in any other way and like the odds were so even because all of the classes were preset you couldn't create in the original modern warfare couldn't create a class for split screen i don't think so you had to use the presets and so like there was none of like there was nothing cheap in that regard. It was just map knowledge. It was presets. And you, like, it was just like, you'd go one V one on a tiny map and you would see who came out on top. And like, people would settle disputes this way. You'd be like, who's getting the TV tonight? It's like, well, whoever wins, you know, best of three on shipment gets the TV tonight. You know, let's <laughs> clean the dishes, etc. And like, it gets intense and I'll never forget the rage quit term for this one. What you shout is sweet fucking screen peeking. Dude. Screen peeking. You're a screen, screen reader. Peeking. And everyone would fucking screen peek. You'd also test everyone. And then it comes to the point where you're sneaking up behind them to test to see if they turn around. Accusing someone of screen peeking is amazing. When I was applying to colleges and I was going on an official visit for rowing, 
I went to a small liberal arts school in the northern part of New England. And on that official visit, I was hosted by the captain of a rowing team who asked me to 1v1 him, asked me if I played games, asked me if I played Call of Duty. I said yes. Asked me to 1v1 him on shipment. And I kicked his ass. I kicked his ass. <laughs> and yeah, you're damn fucking right I screen peeked. <laughs> you're damn Is fucking that right. Because everyone fucking did. <laughs> If you didn't screen, everyone fucking screen peeked in that game, and it was the beautiful part of it. And there's, it was knowing when to draw the line, you know, because the thing with Call of Duty is like, as long as the games were close, it wasn't. You Equal didn't get that. that mad. Yeah, you didn't get that mad. But as soon as you started to die like three times in a row, the thread started coming out. Pull that one thread, and it all comes unraveled. It's an it's an epic choice because I will say like it's not on my list because I didn't play it enough, but it did spawn like all of the great lines from my ch- from like my teenage years one of which in like a 1v1 Berman I'm gonna fucking kill you good luck finding me like that's from <laughs> Call of Duty I think Berman just hiding somewhere hoping the yeah, screen, the screen reading and then yeah. the other being I'm moving up which is we'd sit on the back couch playing video games the first person would get killed and someone would say I'm moving up and we'd all have to go sit closer to the TV on the coffee table you gotta move up yeah all Classic. Call of Duty Classic. Honorable mention goes out to Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 mm. because it introduced the Akimbo dual-wield 1887 shotgun, which if you know, you know. Which one had the dogs? Long-range. Three? Oh. Call of Duty 3. Uh, I think that started it. They did like the World at War World one at was War. the first one. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. Good. I had fun with those in the, in the multiplayer because <laughs> all I could get were the dogs. <laughs> get the dogs. That's a good one. And that actually reminded me of one that I'll, you know I only had four, but... I'll do a quick also childhood shooter game um, that I probably we probably played the most, which is Halo Two. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right in the like seventh or seventh grade, all we do is play, and um, there's nothing worse than getting fucking gravity hammered because it's cheap. It's fucking cheap. You hit with the gravity hammer, like come on, dude. Yeah, you don't take a hit from the gravity. You're hammer. just bouncing around, jumping like fifty feet in the air. You give me the smackdown. With the... You didn't? Did you play a lot of Halo growing up? No, I didn't. I wasn't a huge Halo guy because I kind of fell on the Call of Duty side of which one of those. I feel like you, you fell on either one of those. Yeah, we, I played a lot and of Halo. Very similar. And very, very, it was very a similar, similar thing, which was like you're fucking screen peeking or yeah. you can't use those weapons because fuck it, they're too easy. And then right. also just like the level of how fucking intense people were about it, where we just play online and with kids from fucking middle school who would just rock you and then come in the cafeteria the next day and like that was really their badge of being cool like you yeah. fucking drop suck their little middle school balls on yeah the table. you suck at halo I thought, fuck yeah. you i don't suck that much yeah you suck at halo and you haven't started growing pubes yet yeah it's like fine you're right i haven't but you know what <laughs> fucking i can name all those kids look at where we are now <laughs> yeah i have i you wouldn't believe my pubes yeah you would they're humongous <laughs> He didn't know oh, how monstrous much bush. fucking hair I'd have. <laughs> you wouldn't know what to do with this bush, bro. You wouldn't. You wouldn't um, know. What's your next one? Is this the last one? My Yeah, my last one is a niche pick. It is Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to talk about this game for months, guys. And this is finally my chance. Sekiro is from the Dark Souls family. And I'm going to play this video for you here. It is so, it's an honest game trailer. It'll be on the blog. Check it out. Some people play games to relax. Some play for fun. Others just want a game to f*** them till they love it. From, from software comes Dark Souls. And that's Dark Souls. And it is just, it is that. 
it is like every opportunity you have to die, you die. And Sekiro is a classic game of like, it's not that hard to fight the grunts, but then you get to a boss battle and it takes you two hours to learn the move set, to learn the boss's moves. And then you get within, there's always the one life you have where you get so close, you get them down to like a smidgen of health left and then you die. And you die in like two hits. And then three games later, you like get the boss perfectly. And you're, it doesn't make any sense. And it just is the most, like, so few people make it through those games because they're so hard. And, like, Dark Souls itself is kind of infamous for, like, its exploits. Like, it's kind of a, glitch, a glitchy game. And so yeah, that can be super frustrating. And you're doing a lot of, like, spam dodging in Dark Souls where Sekiro's, like, a smoother game. So it's a lot more, like, learning how to block on, you know, nailing your block timing. And, like, nothing feels better than defeating a boss in Sekiro. Like because you feel like the man and like you actually feel like you earned it and it's crazy but nothing is more frustrating than that and like i'm at a part of the game where i can't it's breaking my heart because i took a break from it i'm so determined to beat it i took a break and i'm in this part of the game where it's locked and so i have all these impossible end game bosses and i can't get my groove back i can't get my coins back i can't like because half the map is locked with just like impossible characters and i'm realizing that like i'm gonna have to replay I'm going to have to start the game over. Oh and, like, I don't God. know if I can. Like, I don't know if I can. Because um, there's this kind of infamous boss in Sekiro where, like, you know, they've got, like, th- you get them down and then you eventually get to, like, an execute point. It's kind of like God of War. You get, like, an execute thing. And then, you know, they have two more lives. And there was this kind of infamous boss, giant monkey in Sekiro, where you're fighting, you're fighting, you finally kill it. It has three lives. You finally kill it and it goes down. And then it comes back to life, and you have to fight it one more time. And it was just that moment of like, motherfucker! I can't believe you know, I have like, to do this. I've rationed, I rationed my potions for three lives. I wasn't ready for four, you know. And the the rage quit phrase of Sekiro is just it's just a blood curdling scream. I remember you know? I, I witnessed you do it against like that witch. I think yeah, I, the I first boss. You, I watched you go at that for like a good four hours, like easily. Yeah, it's it's just it's and it's a special type of game because it's single player, right? All, every single one of my other games has been multiplayer. Yeah, and Sekiro is just a game where like you're not angry at anyone but yourself. Yeah, and you know there's yeah. a way to do it. You know, there, like it looks like you know there's a pattern, but just yeah, executing like, it is so hard over and over. Yeah, again. it's just like you just it's just learning it through failure over and over and over again. Yeah, and like that's why it's, it's on the list. I'll go quickly in my last one. It's another sports game. And this one is frustrating because it so closely mirrors real life. It's that any baseball game, you know, MLB baseball, MLB the show 2018 through 2020, MVP baseball 2005, maybe the greatest sports game of all time. Hard to say, um, in my opinion. And it's because it is so close to true baseball. You can be Mm -hmm. playing great. You know, you can be pitching lights out. And you make one mistake. Or the game, you know, you misplace something, you, you overthrow a pitch, and you hang a slider, just like in baseball, and all you scream is, that was a perfect pitch. And it wasn't a perfect pitch. It's over the fence. And you lost because you fucked it up. Yeah. And yeah. then you prove there is crying in baseball. And then you prove that there is crying in baseball because you've made it. Your challenge is to throw an eight-inning, eight 12 strikeout, no run scored, and in seven and two-thirds, you give up a homer by hanging a slider because you were cocky. You're fucked. Or you're one of us playing against each other, and you're tied three-three in the bottom of the fourteenth. Someone, someone just missed, mistaps a button. Game over. Pisses me. It's off. always me. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, so, was, a perfect, that was a perfect pitch. Well, Nick, do you feel? I mean, do you feel better? Do you feel like you're still in your rage? Kinda. I'm still kind of mad. Yeah, I feel like I've gotten got more. Like, mad. I'm still raged up from just talking about the first one. Well, hope you enjoyed the episode, guys. That's episode 67 of Here's a Podcast. Here you happy now. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for talking video games with us today. Next week we'll be back with some more news, some more other stuff. Shout out to all our listeners across the world. Hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you are staying busy, not going insane. Episode 67. Nick, are you happy now? Keegan, not even close. Are you happy now? No. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.